Hello, hello. It's us again. Um, we are back with another episode, and let's get into it. So what are we doing? We're doing just like a little updatey yeah. type stuff, what we've been up to. Yeah, as we do. Um, September was kind of a yeah slow month, lots, lots of work for us. But prior to that, in August, I don't think we gave an update. Um, well, I think our, our podcast in August came out at the end of July. Yeah, that, so. well, that's internal. Oh. Internal <laughs> scheduling thing. But, um, uh, but for all y'all, we are going to talk today about a couple things. A private sex party that we attended back in August. Yeah. Our, uh, f- oh, keep going. A naked pool party that we hosted in August. At the end. Um, and then another subject at the end. But um, first, I guess we'll start with the private sex party. Yeah. This was like the first mm, small one we've been invited to. I mean, private, the first private sex party we've ever been invited to. Yeah. So that was interesting. Um, (laughs) 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 What what were you going to say? No, nothing. Nothing. It was interesting. Um, Yeah, very small. How many people would you say were there? Eight. Yeah, something like that. Two, four, six, eight. It It was an odd number, though. Was it? Yeah, there was, there it was mostly couples, there was one person there by themselves. Yeah. Um, but it was a group of people who I think had been to these gatherings before. They happened at someone's private residence in uh, 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 our neighborhood. Um, and we were invited through a friend of Temba's who thought these seemed like the kind of people that would be down and into this sort of gathering, right? Yeah. I mean, I think we, we, we kind of went into it um, out of curiosity because yeah. we didn't really know what to expect we're like uh, we don't know anyone that's going to be there <laughs> well it's... no we knew at least one person <laughs> and we're friend. like true but yeah uh, we're like okay so it's going to be like kind of under 10 people uh-huh. which we knew was going to be very small so we're just like uh, don't know what we're getting into but yeah let's just go and see, see what, what it's like it's kind of at the very worst, it's like research. <laughs> yeah, I think we went in it with the mi- the mindset less of like, okay, sex party, cool, we're going to go have uh, sex with strangers, and more so like, we'll see how it feels, and we'll probably learn something interesting from this event, right? Yeah. Um, so, he, so that's kind of, I guess, to set the stage of what we were getting into. And I think beforehand, too, we talked to your friend to try to gather, like, maybe a little more information just to set ourselves up for success and know exactly what we were walking into. Mm -hmm. Um, We were, at that time, also in the process of planning our naked party. So we were sending your friend invitations to our naked party (laughs) while your friend was sending us info about this sex party. And it was kind of just interesting to compare and contrast what it, I guess, what it might feel like to um, receive info going into an intimate setting. Grant at a naked pool party to us is not a sexual environment whatsoever we make sure to explicitly say that it's not a sexual environment you know intended to be a sexual environment but um, yeah I mean there's still kind of like a I guess a little like laying out protocol of like here's what you can expect from like the environment we're trying to set up and stuff like that I love protocol you know I think this is something (laughs) if there's anything like King Comedia Sam has taught me over the years, it's like, I don't consider, like, 
my dominant style to be high protocol at all Mm -hmm. but i find that going into situations i like to know what to expect and what's going on and i like to let people know a little yeah a a little bit of a blueprint because you know it's like vulnerable enough to go into um a a play party a sex party a nudist thing Mm -hmm. like already if it's like you know it's not like all you and all your friends that you know you're like I mean, even if you're doing it with your friends, it's still vulnerable Mm -hmm. the first time you do it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, kind of having a little bit of a framework that you can, like, ground yourself around is like, oh, at least, like, you know, yeah, these people are are thinking about things. Like, I know that, you know, they are like, hey, if you have a problem, this is what you can do. Or this is what you can expect when you show up. Like, just a little bit of ground work and ground rules is, I think really helpful helpful i think you and i both like that i think maybe maybe some maybe some people don't need that or even want that they like Mm. a little element of surprise i think you and i both like laying things out i don't know if it's a control freak thing or what it is it just makes me feel more secure on both sides you know i've laid something out for someone else so their expectations are as clear as I can get them from my end or I've had my expectations seated as appropriately as possible. Yeah. I I feel like in those situations, like you kind of, you have to, or at least personally, my ethos or want is to like, is to kind of put those out there for the people that, that need it. You know, the people that don't care about it so much, they can read it and be like, yeah, okay, great. Yeah. yeah. But you know, people that are that, that, is important mm-hmm. too i think like um who connect to that sort of thing yeah, yeah is is it's it's better to cover your bases it's better yeah, to make so. it as safe feeling an environment as possible mm-hmm. i think so we did get a little priming uh after after a little prodding we got a little more priming on what to expect and we understood that there was going to be a consent circle, so kind of a discussion before the evening began about consent protocols and practice. And I guess we can talk a little bit about what that was like, because since we went in with more of like almost a research-based mindset, I think it's interesting to think about different ways of priming consent in spaces like Mm -hmm. these, especially because we've talked about this for years, but we really do hope that at some point in the future we get to host a play party of our own. And I think gathering up these different ways of doing it is really interesting for us. Yeah, it's good. It's good to see like, oh, how, how does this work? Does that some, or I mean, however it goes out, I think we learn something from it. And, yeah, can kind of um, like pick and choose different absolutely. varieties and, and styles. You never know what you might run into. You might, yeah, find out something you're like oh wow i really like how that went or it might inspire an idea to how to cover something or yeah um, so in this case um, once everybody had arrived we gathered in the sex room the playroom the I main place oh, that was the other thing that uh, let, let's just jog back a second that was a little confusing to me about this party is your friend described it as a play party initially and yeah. we to us play party, play party means, means camp. <clears throat> kink and bdsm and then i think when we you know well i think i clarified with them i was like yeah there's like a bdsm play party or like a sex party right play party. and it was clarified it was a sex party so i don't know if that's maybe like a common term that's used in group sex orgy 
sex party communities, but I typically think of play party as a kink or BDSM event. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be a thing where, yeah, maybe for people who aren't kink focused, like play party. Yeah. Means sex. Not, right. Not right. BDSM. So first we needed to clarify that because that was a little confusing. And then when we got there, it also, it was interesting. Like it seemed like kink is allowed, but don't do anything too hardcore. But there's not wasn't really like a sense of what does that mean too hardcore. Yeah. Hardcore to us, <laughs> or, or hardcore to somebody else might be very vanilla to us, and that I think that kind of like ambiguity was a little up in the air for me. Yeah. Um, but that's okay because we didn't have anything planned that was what we would consider hardcore. Yeah. Um. So the consent circle started with us all in the playroom, um, which is a room that was set up with like several mattresses and like a futon and some fresh sheets and stuff like that um and i think we went around the room and introduced ourselves and Mm -hmm. we said i'm hungry for blank tonight and i'm excited to do this or i brought this to the table i think right something like that yeah i'm bringing this and i'm hungry for this is i think the prompt yeah that was kind of similar to the <clears throat> like opening circle at the very first uh, Obsidian play party, right? Because yeah, everyone right. kind of like mm-hmm. introduced themselves with like I think their scene name or maybe their real name if they didn't have one and what they were excited for um, and what they had to offer, yeah, if anything, or how they'd like to play that evening. Yeah, I'm still on the fence about that approach. Okay. I'm not sure if I I'm not sure if I like that fully. Like I don't think anyone should have to like. <clears throat> lay out their soul like that in front of everybody necessarily Mm -hmm. like I think yeah having like a little intro like this is these are my pronouns this is what I would like you to call me but like because what if you I mean I don't know because like yeah uh, yeah I don't know it's really interesting because it's also like a practice we use for my job yeah at like events for uh like dance movements um, and like healing practice where there's like a very similar share circle at the beginning mm. of like, I have this to offer. I'm excited about this. These are my pronouns. So it's almost like it's becoming just like a more normal across different body based experiences way of, of gaining consent or, or setting the, um, groundwork for consent. Yeah. Uh, anyway. It's like, I, I guess I'm on the fence about it. I feel like I it tends to make me feel weird in the moment when I'm doing it. But I think when I zoom out like now and I'm like, so say we're at a, a play party and I'm like, oh, I'm looking for spanking bottoms. Mm-hmm. And then people who are like, oh, I'd like to be spanked. Yeah. Can know that I'm open to being approached like that. But I also think like striking up conversations with people at a thing like, oh, what do you hear? Like on a more individual level. Yeah. Also. But yeah, maybe I don't it know. kind of I'm bridges on... the gap for like int- like introverts, people who are wi- and extroverts, people who are willing to like go out of their way to start a conversation. Yeah, with people who need a little more prompt to know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess I mean I don't know what it is. It's I feel like it's something about the like formality. Yeah, it feels like forced to have to like 
I don't know, do this sharing circle, but I'm not sure where that's coming from for me. Am I just being a contrarian or? <laughs> you, you're, you're a late onset public school kid. It's like we all had I to just, sit yeah. around and share. <laughs> I mean, I didn't at my Christian school, but like I would imagine in a lot of public school settings, you're like first day of school. You're like, I'm so-and-so. I'm going to share my favorite animal. You know, you do that all through your public school. And I would imagine. Yeah. Granted, I only started public school in second grade, but. I hear you. It's a little uncomfortable and always a little uh, weird, I think, awkward. But that's maybe, to me, that reflects just more of my own insecurity of public yeah. speaking or something. Yeah. I don't, I'm not necessarily against it. Like, I definitely, yeah, I see the merit. But, yeah, something about it makes me feel a little uncomfortable. I guess I gotta think about that more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, that's all information we get from going and doing these kind of things. Yeah. So we shared that. And then the next um, part of the consent prepping for the event for the night was um practicing saying no with somebody so you turn to somebody nearby and you'd ask them something really inane like can i touch your nose and they were supposed to say no no matter what you asked they should say no i think the person you were with asked to touch your balls didn't they or tap your balls or something um it wasn't that inane but i like, do not remember i feel like i overheard it because oh. you were sitting right next to me and i was like that seemed a little like more <laughs> intimate than just like because we were supposed to do kind of just like asinine sort of something stupid like let me touch your forehead or something and mm. then say no um so it's supposed to be the practice of being comfortable saying no and then we broke, I, I, did we do a yes also? No, we just did a no with our first partner. We practiced no. Yeah, and then I think there was like, <clears throat> we got into like groups of three, and was the next thing kind of like a, you say no, but suggest something else that you're into? Oh, I gotta sneeze. <coughs> um, we don't say bless you in this house in case anyone thinks I'm evil. Tamba does not want me to say bless you. No, my soul is not escaping my body. I was actually going to cut, cut the sneeze out. <laughs> Let's leave it. In case you're ever in our, in, in, um, in our company and you notice we don't bless each other, it's an agreement we have. Tamba doesn't like being blessed. No. I don't need to be blessed. My soul's not escaping my body. Yeah. It's just fine. It's a sneeze. We're we're uh, decolonizing our sneezes. I think it's something <laughs> like that is how you described it to me. Dechristianizing them. Oh, I don't remember how I described it. Yeah. Something in that vein, though. Um. So then we got broke into groups, and we said, um, "Uh, yeah, it's kind of escaping me exactly what we did, but I know we." asked for something that we wanted done to us and then I think we were encouraged to ask questions about it for example I wanted my hands massaged and it was encouraged that people decide if they really want to do that or not for example one of the people in my group was like well when was the last time you washed your hands as like a way of pushing mm. oh we were supposed to push back on it a little bit I think Mm -hmm. so, and then I was like, you know, I don't know, but I haven't used the bathroom and I haven't eaten since I got here. I couldn't remember when I last washed my hands. Mm -hmm. Never. But they decided to um, rub my hands anyway. But I think that's, that's what that second practice was about, was about fulfilling somebody's wish, but pushing back if need be or practicing, investigating their wish a little bit first. Mm -hmm. What was yours? Do you remember? Couldn't tell you. I know Then I like cracked the person's back. And the other person wanted their feet rubbed, maybe? I don't remember. 
Hmm. But we kind of just, so that's when things kind of got hands on and a like more, yeah, practicing, getting hands on. And then from there, things kind of just started, right? Yeah. <coughs> oh no, we went outside and everybody kind of chatted outside. Yeah. Hung out in the pool. Hot tub. There was a hot tub, yeah. Um, I started chatting with a few people. And then it was like, kind of like, just the like, switch got flipped and everyone just, <laughs> people just started going into the other room to yeah get into it. Which was, I think, a little shocking for me. Mm. Where I felt myself kind of, uh, I felt myself feeling kind of, um, I don't know. I'm trying to like kind of jog back and remember the order of events, but I know that I was like sitting on the bed and things just started happening around me in a way that made me feel very like, whoa, am I going to get like swept up in this? And even though we've practiced saying no, and we know that it's allowed to say no, am I going to feel weird and uncomfortable and be judged for saying no if I'm starting to feel like this is not a place I want to be right now, mm-hmm. you know? So I was really, I think, just like struggling with like an openness to new experience, but also not being ready to jump into that experience. My own self-judgment about saying no to new experience, but also being afraid of other people's judgment of saying no mm-hmm. to that experience. And on top of that, not being attracted to or interested in uh, in anyone in the room. Yeah, I think... I <laughs> so think, that was, like, the main thing. Yeah, the, the vibe was just... It just wasn't really fully there for me, I don't think. In really the... I mean, I guess the setting was okay, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, just just not really anyone that I felt really connected to vibing with that much. There was a there was one person who in the beginning when we were sharing what we had to offer said, I have a strap on if anyone would like to have it used on them or use it on me. And that interested me because I have never used a strap on. It's something I really want to learn how to do for professional reasons mostly and so I was interested in like okay maybe I will ask that person if I can use the strap on them but in like a very clinical way Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like I don't know feeling like that's the kind of um distance I needed from it or something Mm. you know to not feel obligated to make it like central I almost wanted more of like a technical like lesson in using the strap on yeah so I remember you and I talked about that, and I was interested in that. But once things started like happening all around me, I just felt a little overwhelmed and not ready to ask for that. But yeah, again, that wasn't really me being like attracted to the person who had the strap on. More like, oh, this is an opportunity <laughs> to try to something try that a toy. I was interested in. Yeah, yeah, thinking of it in like a more like being at a play party and seeing somebody has a cool toy I want to try. Yeah. You know. Um, so that was the only activity that was really interesting to me with other people there where I could try that activity with somebody else. And otherwise it wasn't, it wasn't feeling very sexy to me. Apologies for all the car, (coughs) car noises. It's, it's rush hour here and we live like on a pretty 
busy um, street for rush hour. Lots of cars, I'm sure. Hopefully the noise isn't bothering you all too much. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's kind of where the chips laid for me. I did start to feel really overwhelmed that I asked you to go upstairs with me, and we went to the kitchen and kind of talked it out. And I, Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. I don't remember specifically... Um, what I said or anything like that. Yeah. But. And the main thing was just kind of feeling like, ooh, I don't know. I don't want to be, like, judged for saying no to people a whole bunch. Yeah. But I'm also feeling, like, kind of frightened by the vortex of activity happening. Like, mm. I'm going to get sucked into something I don't want to do because I'm afraid of saying no. Yeah. I And, yeah, I don't know. I think what I started to recognize for myself after we took a little breather, we went back downstairs. I said, I kind of just want to like sit outside on the porch where you can see into this double doored room and just like voyeur and observe. Yeah. Um, and start, things started to feel better at that point. I was like, this is a perfectly viable way of participating in this event, you know? Yeah. Um, and I started to realize like, I really, in the experiences we have had with group sex, Sorry, I have a tickle. Or sex throat. parties. Group sex, sex parties, uh, the dark room that we were in. I really enjoy the kind of anonymity of those spaces, I realize. Of, like, a larger population of mm-hmm. a bigger party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a big realization for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel... I mean, I don't think I would be opposed to a more intimate setting. It would just have to be more people, like, on the same vibe. Like, maybe people we knew better, or just... I, I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be people that I know super well. Just more on um, my vibe. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a vibe like, thing sometimes. Yeah. And it's no... And it's no everyone was Everyone there was very nice and, and everything. It was just... No one was creepy. It was just... Uh, the vibes are vibes, I guess. Yeah. Vibes are vibes, and we weren't uh, necessarily vibing in a way that felt like I can't wait to have sex you either with each other or with people like to me I was even just kind of like dried up and turned off yeah in general by the set by whatever was happening yeah I mean I, I kind of felt like also what I felt like at the first kind of like sex party we went to which is the orgy dome mm-hmm. at Burning Man mm-hmm. was like yeah <clears throat> I was only I mean there was only really I was the only only black person there, and, um, yeah, just kind of quite possibly only in my head, but, yeah, just, like, this feeling of just, like, yeah, people are waiting to see, like, oh, what's his dick like? Or (laughs) how does he do it? (laughs) Like, just, yeah. A fetishization. A fetishization, yeah, just being put on this weird exam table for all the white people to, like, kind of... Um, observe observe yeah so for me that is not not feeling super comfortable there were a couple people of color there there was there was a latino guy a presumably asian man i don't know how they identify but um yeah latino guy and then a hapa woman as well but but i will say i mean i think it, 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 we, yeah, even if, even if you're not picking up on, like, an explicitly fetishizing vibe, and maybe you were, it's so rampant in kind of 
swapping scenes or Mm -hmm. swinging scenes or and we're not saying that the people who are here were like swingers it's unclear but like there is this crossover in polyamory or non-monogamy with swinging and swapping and then cuckolding and then bbc and so maybe it's hard to know like if the people who are in those scenes are safe to be around or if they are like bbc fetishizing cuck people or what a cuck people (laughs) (laughs) i mean i i guess i wasn't even not even going that far just more like hmm not that specific fetish but more of just like yeah i don't know just knowing that that's like a possibility i mean whether they met like physically have that as a like a kink or fetish or not like because i think a lot of people have that whether it's something they consciously realize Mm -hmm. or not do you Mm -hmm. know what i mean yep totally um but yeah yeah so unexamined fetishization yeah and being in such a small intimate scenario i yeah i could see that feeling more amplified in a way than being in a like the orgy dome like you said Mm -hmm. yeah so there was a lot of a lot of information that we got out of that um we yeah played in our own way and i think navigated it the best that we could in the moment and ultimately learn some new stuff about ourselves right yeah i'm glad we went and had the experience and were able to yeah Yeah, it was it was definitely uh, it was definitely eye opening for me, and I think I would if I was invited to another small private sex party and the thing the everything felt right, I would try a different one. You know. Yeah. Would you go to the same one again? Probably not. Yeah, I don't think so. You? Yeah. Yeah. And that's again, it's not it's not a it's not like a judgment on the individuals there. It's kind of just a vibe of like, I'm sure there's. There's just so many, like, minute details of what makes something sexy to me that I think when it's there, it's there, and when it's not, it's not. And you can't really try to make something that's not sexy, sexy. Yeah. You know? Um, so we, yeah, we lived and we learned, and then... Uh, to to find out is to fucketh around us. <laughs> that's right. And I'm really glad we did. I'm glad your friend invited us. You and... don't know until you, until you fuck around. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, that, and, and so, uh, and so went our first private sex party. Looking forward to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. If you hear of any cool ones, let us know. (laughs) (laughs) Invite us to your sex parties. (laughs) Uh, Um, and then, uh, what, like only a week after that was your naked birthday pool party. Yeah. Um, we hadn't had a naked party for years three years three four years four something years. like that because obviously during um, the pandemic we didn't the the high pandemic we'll call it and yeah and uh i guess i'd i'd been wanting to get like a adult sized kiddie pool for a while and it's just like what if we just did a nude pool party splash Right. Initially, we were going to, you were looking at, like, pool rentals, and then it was like, how are we going to know if we can be naked at a pool rental? Yeah. It was, there's a bunch of stuff, and I was like, why don't we just get the big, the big kiddie pool, like, you've wanted for so long? 
And then you did, and we set all that up. And yeah, so we've talked in other podcasts. Um, if you're a new listener, we've had uh, two other naked parties in the past. And basically, our own product protocol for these parties is sending out a little invite, um, you know, curating the list, making sure we feel like we've come up with like a fun mix of people who are down or interested in this kind of thing. I mean, usually, yeah, it's usually just friends we think would be interested in it, right? Sometimes like, it's been strangers, people we haven't met before. Uh, like, just cold call strangers? <laughs> I, I feel like no, we've had I feel like maybe some people we haven't met in person, sure, but yeah, yeah, they were people I mean. we interacted with in some form or the other. Yeah, so we curated a list. This time we curated kind of a smaller list because it was also your birthday party, so you wanted it to be specific. Well, yeah, I think maybe just... People, yeah, pe- people that maybe we're, like, a little closer with mm-hmm. and less kind of... Bring any friend. Bring a friend. Yeah, yeah, less wild card. I think we're... I mean, I think after that one experience which we talked about with um, your old roommate's yeah. ex-boyfriend that didn't understand nude party didn't equal orgy. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're probably... I mean, I, even then, I feel like we were just... We were like, don't just bring anyone up. Yeah, so the way that we always try to prime our naked parties is by inviting people. Um, We send a little kind of protocol list, nude nude party protocol, so people understand what they're getting into. You're going to get here. You're going to get dressed in a... uh, Get undressed in a private room. You have to be undressed. It's not a clothing optional. It is a nude party. Naked only party. Undressed dress code. An undressed dress code. Um... And please understand that this is a... Actually, should I read over a protocol? It could be interesting. Um, So the nude party protocol is, this is a nudist event, not a sex party. That's the first line. Do whatever you like with consent, but please don't come with the assumption of sexual activity. All bodies are welcome. Body shaming and non-consensual touch will not be tolerated. Please speak to the host if any other guest activity is making you feel unsafe. We will have an indoor space to disrobe and store your belongings. Please bring your own towel for the pool. In general, we encourage you to leave your phone with your personal belongings and enjoy the evening sans device. Any photos you take of others should be done so with the subject's explicit permission. Stating where you plan on sharing the photos is also good practice. And then reach out to us with any concerns prior to the party. So that's kind of like the basic gist of how we like to prep people. So it's not... It's not the highest protocol. No. It's basically just like, it's not a sex party. Here's what to expect when you get here. Be respectful. Be respectful. Don't post nudes online. With Let it. us know if anyone's making yeah. you feel unsafe. Because um, you literally 86. <coughs> you will get 86 from our yard. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's kind of how we navigate that. We've talked about it in the past. Um, some people have come and maybe they didn't understand the protocol that it wasn't a sex party. We don't know why. Um, But for the most part, it's been really enjoyable experiences. This time was definitely uh, even cooler, smaller crew, no problems. Yeah, a lot smaller. No issues that we know of. Yeah, not that we know. I think there was one moment where, like, someone was taking a picture of you doing something um, oh. And I mentioned, like, just make sure to check in with him. Oh, the fire lighting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I also knew 
that that person knew to check in with you. But I just wanted to, like, remind. Because it's also, we're drinking. People mm-hmm. are smoking weed. You know what I mean? You never know if someone's drunk and then isn't forgot. thinking yeah. and posts it really quickly or forgot. I, th- I was just trying to be extra mindful of that, even though I was pretty sure you'd be happy to have that posted online. <laughs> Still want to check, right? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, yeah. So that's kind of that. That's kind of that. Yeah, we just had another naked party. We should. Should we do it before we go into the deep midwinter? Mm, I don't know. We should. We'll talk about it off podcast. Oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should make a plan for it, but I think uh, not in this exact moment. Another bonfire one will be nice. Yeah, those yeah. ones are nice. You, you can do that even when it's a little cooler out. Yeah. And I think the first time we did it, we did coal walking, which, like, maybe not the most, it maybe not the best advised when you've been drinking all night and then you walk on coals at the end of the night, but safety third, and, you know, yeah. we did that. I mean, it wasn't really, like, a great bed of coals anyways, because no. you really have to get, like, a big fire going to get enough coals to do coal. I will say... Fire walking. I will say, you know, we, you know, the curated list for your birthday was, like, less wild cards. Mm-hmm. But don't you agree wild cards can be kind of interesting and fun? I think I think we shouldn't use the word wild card. Like <laughs> Why? I don't cuz wild card it does not sound fun to me. So wild card has a, definitely has a negative connotation, but I do think for the next one I w- would be less emphasis because I th- there was two sides to the protocol. I th- don't think you read the other side. The which, other side was just the Which invite. one of one of the things said if you're bringing someone else, someone, if you're bringing someone else that's not been invited, you have to vet them with us. Yeah. First. Yeah. I think. Well, that <clears throat> wasn't the nude party protocol. That was just in the invite. Yeah. But you think that's part of the protocol? Yes, absolutely. Oh, that's part of the protocol for me. I think. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like yeah, don't don't just invite someone with you without checking with us first. Yeah. Um, I think. I think having it a little more open is like, if you have a friend that you think would be uh, into this, uh, feel free to invite them, but make sure they understand the protocol Mm -hmm. and, you know, all of that. I think that's what we, I think we worded something to that effect on previous parties' invites, and I think for this one, we were more, a a little more intentional and strict with that. We don't want anyone that we haven't personally vetted. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't mind people bringing a friend. I mean, it's like my ex-roommate bringing her boyfriend. Presumably he read the protocol and just didn't get it. That can happen. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I think people's friends and friends have been okay. Yeah. To, and, and fun to have. Yeah. Random. I mean, I feel like the, the very first one's really fun. Like. Yeah. We all got like yeah, super drunk, and someone we're talking about like the cattle prod. We're like, yeah, let's train it out. Yeah, I have a friend who still talks about the cattle prod naked party. Oh. Like, when are we doing it again? He's <laughs> <laughs> just slathering for the cattle prod. Um, yeah, so that was naked pool party. Um, uh, speaking of planning and making plans for future events. What are you making plans Segway. <laughs> um, we have also been having internal staff meetings here at the Lovekin household about 
future big big moves on the horizon. Yeah, I think plans. we've definitely talked about this a bunch of times on here, so oh. it's probably not that big of a oh. surprise. I don't know. I don't but. listen to our episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, moving out of the country. Yeah, so for years we've been talking about where do we want to move? We, we both feel like we're stuck on the, the island of Circes or whatever that Greek myth is, and LA just kind of sucks your life away. You've been here for 10 years or longer. I've been here for yeah, eight longer. years now, almost nine years. It's I It will have been 10 years by the time I leave LA, and that is wild to me. It's not that it wasn't ever my intention. I always just kind of came to LA like, yeah, we'll see what happens. I didn't really have a plan beyond mm-hmm. it, but um, it's definitely feeling like I love LA, but... Is this a good place to be forever, given water? <laughs> given things having to do with water or whatever else? I don't think I ever want a forever place. Like, I don't... I Most of my life is very transient, so... Um, this is definitely the place I've lived the longest. And this apartment, I've never lived anywhere, that one any one place this long either. What? Talk louder, you're like... <clears throat> That's how I talk. Oh. It'll pick it up. <clears throat> but, yeah, I don't know. I think definitely uh, a new environment will be fun and refreshing and brings some more interesting shit to us. Mm-hmm. So we have been having discussions, trying to whittle it away, because this has kind of been an ongoing discussion, I think. You know, a couple of years ago, we went to Denver, Colorado. We thought maybe that was going to be where we'd want to go. Um, but as time has gone on, I think we've realized more and more that we want to move somewhere out of the country because um, we can always come back here. Um, in theory. In theory. <laughs> Who knows what will happen. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. But um, so we did kind of like a sit down. Let's try to like really whittle this down and figure it out. And we've come up with two possible suggestions alter or ideas of either going to berlin or malmo sweden so yeah basically we sat down and wrote pros and cons different things that we were looking for in a place to live and not just not just out of the country we we made like a list of places in the u.s as well right Mm -hmm. Um, yeah we did have like some potential places, random places like Idaho. Well, it's not that random. To me, it's very random because <laughs> we don't know anyone there and I've never been there. Well, I mean, I've never been to Berlin and I don't That's know true. anyone there. That's so. true. You know some people, you know Yas. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's someone that I've met in my life that also lives in Boise. Yeah. That's probably true. Um... But, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say it's random just because there there are reasons that I would be interested that, in either yeah. of those places. It's not like it just, like, spun the globe and pointed. And yeah. Like, eh. Mostly mountain biking, right? You saw, like, something about <clears throat> this these mountain biking opportunities there that were really, really um, interesting? Well, I mean, I've always wanted to... I mean, I, I enjoy living close to the mountains. Like, I liked living in salt lake i liked i mean we're close to mountains here but they're more desert mountains i enjoy that 
I want to be a little closer to doing outdoor stuff. Mm. Here, there's lots of outdoor stuff. We have to drive really, really far. But mm. there's a lot of good mountain biking really close to Boise, as mm. well as um, snowboarding. So we kind of went through a bunch of different cities, places, ideas, and both really felt like moving to Europe was probably going to be the most exciting and interesting and had checked off more of the things on our lists. Yeah. Um, except for, I mean, I think we learned some stuff about Berlin. It's like, yeah, obviously there's not mountain biking in Berlin, but there's like a short train ride or something where you can go mountain biking. Is that right? Yeah. Um, mountain biking is pretty big in Germany. Yeah. So it's well, big. Cycling big. in general. And I think we but looked into like hunting stuff and things like that. We're hunting is not going to be the best in Germany. In Germany, but in I Sweden, mean, we saw that it was pretty good. Outdoor stuff's going to be really good in Sweden. Yeah. Um, but art stuff is going to be really good in Berlin. Or yeah, I think that's for me the biggest draw to Berlin is it's like, in a way, an embarrassingly logical successor for me to go New York City to LA to Berlin. It's like every artist's. Cliche, cliche, yes, very cliche trajectory. So like, part of me has been like resistant to that because I'm like, ugh, I'm just a cliche, you know. But it's also like I know so many people there, and that is how you get to continue to make work is through the connections that you have in these art hubs or whatever. So that would be a good thing. Um, but one of the things that draws me to Sweden is it's a little more I have lived in both Sweden and Berlin for short periods of time, month, month and a half. Um, uh, Malmo is way sleepier. Um, that much... doesn't sound as exciting to me. <laughs> right, right. But, <laughs> but I... it is a college town, though. But the selling point to me is that it's a train ride across from Copenhagen. So yeah. a 20-minute train ride to Copenhagen, which is more of a nightlife hub, does have a really big kink and fetish scene. And so we would have that, theoretically... Assuming that 20-minute train ride is not, like, one of, one of those train rides where you're, like, <laughs> just 20 minutes and then in reality it, like, sucks yeah. to do. Um, but theoretically, there's that easy access to nightlife but slightly cheaper living. And, like, Sweden, you know, as far as country go, countries go, has, like, it's pretty easy to get citizenship there. Um, there's you know for now I, th I feel like i was reading a thing that they just like elected a bunch of far-right people <laughs> yeah well what well i mean yeah i've heard that too but i'm beginning to become increasingly suspicious of everything everything is far right this far right that like who said it and what do they mean by that yeah do you know what i mean i well, haven't looked I mean, at, i'm saying that as someone who hasn't I mean, looked like, into it literally neo-nazi party people <laughs> yeah so I mean, America, you mean? <laughs> like, it's like, you know. Yeah, well, America's not an easy place to immigrate to if you're brown and from the wrong country. Yeah. So we have to look into and consider all of those things. Um, but at least we've kind of whittled it down and feel like we have like a year and a half to two year trajectory for that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to figure out which of the two cities it'll be, or if it's just going to be like, we're going to land in Berlin and check some places out, assuming we don't have to work so hard that we can never travel on the weekends, which could happen. Yeah. I mean, I think the most, the biggest hurdle is, yeah, just wherever it is, getting a job so we can stay. Mm -hmm. um, Finding housing is also 
increasingly difficult. Yeah. So it should be a challenge. Um, that person at the bar said it could ruin our marriage. Do you remember? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, it could be a really big challenge, but hopefully we can undertake it. I guess we've never done anything that big since we've met each other. We've traveled to Mexico. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't, I don't see it as being that big of a problem. It's like... I don't know. <laughs> Have you ever moved somewhere with a partner? Uh, you mean to like a new city or something like that? Yeah. No, but it's, it's like... If for whatever reason, like we grow apart like we grow apart like whether it's moving to another country or just sitting in our on our couch own house yeah Yeah. it's like why why would you use that as why would you use that as like something to be afraid of like or you could go on this grand adventure and where you end up you end up I mean, I think it's because statistically couples tend to break up over financial issues and when you're putting yourself on a trajectory that is likely to induce financial precarity of one sort or another unless we come into a windfall it makes sense that like financial stressors can get to a yeah, relationship but i don't think either of us are that like concerned concerned about, about money. money like yeah. yeah we're like i feel like we're part of the reason we get along so well is like we're both really not that interested in money we're like yeah. as long as we Oops, uh, we lost the rest of that conversation because I forgot to check how much space was left on the card and we ran out of space, so it got cut off. So we talked about that some more, but I don't remember (laughs) what we said, so we're just going to leave it at that, I guess, rather than try to backtrack and rehash the same conversation. Basically, we said, yeah, it'll be an adventure, we'll figure it out. We don't care about money so much. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, whatever we learn from it, we'll learn from it, and yada yada, I think. Yada yada. And I said, I like that Tema has such an adventurous spirit. <laughs> that was the gist of it. Um, we are going to try to get another recording out at the end of this month and be all caught up. Yeah, so keep your ears peeled and unfolded for that. And <laughs> unfolded unfold ears. your ears for that. <laughs> and that is our dispatch for now. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Cosmic Halitosis. If you have questions or comments or want to yell something at us, email us at cosmic with a K halitosis, cosmic halitosis at gmail.com. Please subscribe and like the podcast. And you can follow us on our personal Instagram accounts. I am gorgeous taps and Temba is Tembizzle T E M B I Z Z L E. Thanks for listening.